there and welcome to Golf Lovers United, where we discuss golf the fair way. My name's Mark, at GolfDadUK on Twitter, and honestly, I'm out this week. I'm a little bit bogged down with the old day job, which is why if you're listening to episode 13, you'll know we had a week off last week. So I'm going to leave you in the very capable hands of Ben at Golf Lover UK and Jay at Pro Golf Critic. And in this episode, they're going to discuss the Netflix Cup, which I really enjoyed. Was it a little a little shaky around the edges? Does some of the camera work need a little bit of thinking about? Does the format maybe need speeding up a little bit? Yeah, of course, but it was a startup MVP idea. I really liked it. There's more to come from that side of things as Ben and Jay dive into it. But like I said, I really enjoyed that. They're also going to talk about why Ricky Fowler, everyone's favourite Ricky Fowler, is a great fit for Live Golf. And they're going to, of course, discuss Rory McIlroy. Now, I'm not going to lie, I'm a Rory fan. I don't beat up on him as much as some other people do. I get it. He, You know. He's had a tough few years being the corporate face of the PGA Tour. He's been a little, he's been a little personal at times, but he's just passionate. And I actually like the guy. I do. I like the guy. So I'm really interested to see what Ben and Jay have to say about that. But before I leave you in their capable hands, I'm going to tell you a couple of things. Number one, over the next few weeks, we've got some wonderful interviews coming up. Number one, we've got the absolutely fantastic Bob Ball. We've got the wonderful Luke Kwan. And we've also got a really interesting interview with Stuart Manley that Ben put together. So tune into those over the coming weeks. And if you're a fan of the podcast, not only tell your friends that they can listen at glugc.com or indeed in their podcast app of choice, but we've got something for you. If you head to glugc.com slash support, We've just launched some brand new fan support opportunities for you. There are three on there and we really, really appreciate your support of Golf Lovers United. We've got a lot of fans out there. This show, my day job is podcasting. I've worked in podcasting probably for longer than most people in the industry. I've seen everything and I'm a a, a big part of, of the industry growing genuinely. It's what I do. And shows don't grow as quickly as this one very often. We have got an absolutely fantastic fan base, whether you like us or whether you love us, whether you troll us or whether you give us love over on Twitter, it doesn't matter. Your support means the world and the fact that you're listening means the world. It really, really does. So thank you for, for helping us to get to where we are. And this growth is, is only accelerating. So thank you, which is why we've put these support options together. We want you to get involved with things like the opportunity to ask our amazing world-class guests your own questions. Like I said, if you're intrigued, if you're interested, check out glugc.com slash support. And now I'm going to leave you with my good friends, Ben and Jay. Look, I think it's interesting the week we've had, and I know that there's so much to discuss, and I know we want to talk about Live, and we've now got the update information about the Live teams are going to be confirmed before the team championships. The question is, will that be the confirmation of the new team or new two teams that are coming? and the new players. But Jay, before we get into any of that, what are your thoughts on on the Rory? Firstly, Rory resigning. Let's do that. And then we'll talk about the fact that that came on the back of, he did a really big speech, which basically finished with, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't. And then eight hours later, gone. <laughs> what's, what's your thoughts? Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm... Um, 
a little bit surprised it took as long as it did for Rory to uh, <laughs> resign his position from, from the board. You know, obviously, the number one thing is, you know, he met, mentioned this um, in June. He was totally blindsided by everything going on at the PG Tour. Um, and if I were Rory, I, I probably would have resigned like the next day. But because he he even said that he felt felt like a sacrificial lamb, like any frankly was so i think that he um he's i think that he is starting to see into the future of what the professional golf landscape is going to look like in a couple years which is what we've been talking about for months um you know i definitely think that the power is going to start moving away from the pj tour um i think that this is something that's already underway despite anything that, that people are hearing in the media, in the golf media about, oh, Jay Monahan is going to control global golf. It's not going to happen. Um, and I do think that <clears throat> he even noted it um, in an interview that, that he saw. He was uh, – that I saw – I think it was on uh, Golf Digest where I retweeted it where he was basically parroting a lot of the things that we've been talking about for <laughs> for a couple months now, talking about a global series of events and this and that. Uh, I think he uh, said about 20 events in sort of the F1 model. Uh, I think I've been saying, uh, you know, more, more like 16 to 18, but the number is still TBD, obviously. But you know, I do think that he, he sees that, hey, his power is going to be greatly diminished on the P, uh, PGA Tour uh, a policy board. I think that he has other things that he wants to do. Uh, we, we've already, it's been out in the media that he is planning a potential move uh, to the UK. Not sure exactly when that's going to happen, but it's been widely reported this past week. So I, I think report, all these the report, things are The report though on that was, it's a real, it's a bit of non-news as well, like Corrigan acting as if he's got the world's biggest scoop. He's basically saying 44-year-old man might move back nearer to family and so his daughter can go to a British school when she's in secondary school. It's not exactly breaking news. If you're forecasting news for eight years' time, seven and a half years' time, it's not exactly the scoop of the century. Definitely not. Uh, however, I think that there is probably more more to it. I think that you – know, and I – uh, talked about this on Twitter, you know, having lived in Florida for uh, four years and sort of having my fill and wanted to go literally anywhere else. <laughs> now, I definitely think that, that that might be part of it. Uh, you know, look, the, these family dynamics are always uh, really interesting, especially when, when you have a young uh, child in, involved. Do you want to wait until they're in, you know, vir- virtually high school to move? Or do you want to you know, kind of do it as soon as you can. Like if I were Rory, I would want to do it as soon as I, I could. So, uh, especially because <laughs> the, the, option, I would the, objection, the objection for me there is that with the way the English school system works and look, he, she poppies his daughter, she's not going to be going to some low end school. Like, and I don't know, just, but she's going to be going to some top private school where he's got the money. He's going to send her the best of the best. And it would be very normal for a child in the UK to come in at that age. They'll go into what we call senior school. You have first, second and all these different grades. We don't have that. We have, we have primary school and secondary school. Secondary school starts at 11 and primary school is before that. So, so actually I, 
that's on on the English side of that for you. I, I would say coming over at eleven for her to go to secondary school there would make complete sense. That'd be very normal and very expected. I would be more shocked if he came over when she was ten, nine, or eight. That wouldn't that would make less sense. People do move schools, of course they do. But if you're trying to fit within the system, you'd move for five years, seven years, or eleven typically. And she's three and a half now, isn't she? So he's obviously not moving now because of his commitments with TGL and whatever else. And it doesn't feel like he's going to move it when she's seven. But yeah, moving at 11 makes perfect sense, really, for the way that would work with the English system. Okay, so we're talking probably about seven eight, years. Seven and a half, eight years. Yeah, it's not exactly okay. Okay. breaking news, is it? <laughs> okay. yeah, well, yeah. No, look, you know more way more about UK school systems than I do. I just, um, I know my own experience living in Florida and maybe there was a little bit of uh, anti-Florida bias there where I feel like um, anybody that ha- has a chance to leave there probably should. But <laughs> that's just, just sort of my bias come, coming out. But uh, look, I, I think Rory, obviously he, he mentioned he has a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I do think that, look, I mean, uh, like like I said, I definitely think that he sees in, into the future and sort of uh, what global golf is going to look like. I think that he's looked at the past couple of years and, and like has what he's done really benefited him in like any great way. Not really. So, I mean, I just think that there's uh, not enough return on the investment in being a member of this policy board, especially now with Tiger there. Tiger's kind of a, He's kind of a vacuum when it comes to, you know, power. Um, even Rory said, you know, whenever Tiger's in, in the room, like he's the alpha. So it's like, I don't know if Rory uh, wants to play Robin to to uh, Tiger's Batman. Maybe, maybe he, he does, obviously, with the T, TGL and Tomorrow Sports. But uh, I don't think he, he wants to also do that from the uh, PGA Tour side too. So, but, And to close it off, um, I just think that you, you nailed it at the very start. I can't believe he stayed. I would, I would have just been on June the sixth. I'd have said thank you all so much for asking me questions about this. I can't comment today because I need to get in contact with Jay and a few other people to discuss things. I'd have rung Jay and gone. You've thrown me out in front. Look, he always made some comments himself, and I don't think he's always helped himself. As I've said many times on this show, I like Rory. I really like Rory. I think. He's a great golfer. I think he's insightful talking about golf. There was a video of him talking about chipping the other day, and it was absolutely incredible. And I think Roy's an oracle on golf. I think sometimes he gets a little bit ahead of his skis and says stuff that it doesn't need to be said. Just sometimes you don't need to say things, like his comments to Cantley. But Roy should just turn around and said, Jay, I'm off, mate. You've used me <laughs> as, a, as a shield for 13 months. And now you stab me in the back and I'm not part of this conversation. Don't worry about it, but I'm done. That for me would have been my action to it. But there we are. Um, let's move on very quickly. Let's move on quickly because you, you know what you, know, you and I like. And, and for those who are watching, Mark isn't here. He sent me a text message. Let me read it. Ben, you and Jay talk a lot. Try not to quite so much. Love you. Now, what more, <laughs> now what more do I need? He then followed it up with a message saying, I'm not, I'm not here to control you to control yourselves. It's like our father's not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to have to keep you, 
keep each other on the rails here. But uh, no, I I have um, I'm dedicated to letting you do most most of the driving today. So uh, right, well, I'm, I'll uh, keep driving. Example. I'll keep driving. You, you you put the tunes on and get the snacks. I'll do the driving. And so the next part of that driving, that next part of the driving is. Um, some people will know, some people won't. I, I, I own a company and I run a company and we do a lot of work and it's busy and this, that and the other. We all, we all have jobs. I would never dream of saying in public about one of my colleagues that he's a bit of a dick. I might say, <laughs> that, I might say that to him. I might say to one of my co-colleagues in a conversation, so-and-so's being a bit of a dick. I wouldn't go in front of the world media, slag off Joe. Um, I can't Joe. Joe. I can't remember Joe. Joe's name. Lacava. Yeah, Lacava. I wouldn't go off slagging Lecava. Joe Lacava, and yeah. but the premise of that slagging off being that Cantley's a dick. Now, <laughs> I think again, this is a great example of I like Rory, but when he was asked that question, why didn't he just say, "Look, I don't all see eye to eye with 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 Patrick. We can't all see eye to eye." Um, I think Joe. I think Joe's career has been a bit different since he's left Tiger and, and gone with Patrick. He could have just said that. We all know what it means, but he just didn't need to say what he said and the way he said it. And the other comment about oh, Patrick and I have never got on because we've always had different views on a lot of things. Well, what are those different views? You're going to put that comment out there. Tell us about it. I mean, I, I could probably tell you about it, about it, but I will say that, look, I identified with that because as someone that, that has publicly called out a coworker in front of the entire company before, like I understand being, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to say these things. Some, sometimes they come out when, when you're emotional about that. Jay, so. you said called him out, your colleague out in front of the company. You didn't go in front of the world. You didn't tell 8 billion people. You told those people in your company. That's still different. But I would have been fine telling everybody in the entire world about this too. So, so I have, look, this is very, very important to me. And I think that we are going dis, to disagree on this, this a little bit. Um, I'm perfectly fine with public call-outs of people. Like if there's someone that you don't like, especially in your sort of purview, your, you know, PJ tour in this. And since I'm totally fine with, with you coming out and being transparent and being honest about your feelings, like I will never fault anyone uh, saying that at all. The thing that I got on Rory for was his constant flip-flopping over the past two years. It's been obvious to like anybody paying attention. It's like he has his own uh, feelings. I think that the <laughs> Patrick Cantley is 100% his feelings. And then he also has all of these other, these other masters that he's been answering to. Like he's got, you know, his relationship with Tiger. He's got his relationship with Jay Monahan and and uh, Jimmy Dunn and all of these people in the golf establishment that he's also been caping up, uh, caping up for. Um, and I think that's where you've seen this. Like he says one thing one day where he's like praising Liv for, you know, pushing the game forward, and then the next day he's like. I would rather retire than, than than play live golf. So I think that he's had a lot of masters to answer to. I'm totally fine with him being honest. That's why I will never, ever fault him for like, if I feel like that's his honest opinion, like, hey, have at it. Even if it, it means, uh, in your words, slagging off uh, Patrick Cantlay. Look, 
I know a lot of people that don't like Patrick Cantlay. Like I like Patrick Cantlay because yeah, I, I think that he, because I, I do think that he's opinionated. He's smart. He's very sort of uh, tactful. You know, I think that he rubs people the wrong way, especially at the PG tour and at, at live. Like he's, he's rubbed several people the wrong way there, there too. So uh, look, I like Patrick Cantlay. I've gone out on a limb and said, said that. Um, I think that he's very opinionated. I think that especially in these sort of closed meetings, uh, he is uh, very opinionated. I think he probably rubs people the wrong way. And I think that Rory was 100% right in saying that he and Patrick see the world completely differently, which is totally fine. I saw an interesting take on it. that Did Rory quit at the wrong time? Or did Rory quit at the right time? Did he quit too soon? Did he quit too late? Um, and I just like take a moment to say to people that whatever you think of Rory, and look, look, he has got foot and mouth disease. We know that. But what I would say is that Rory, at some point, it needs to be about Rory. And I would love Rory just to take the next two years, do the TGL, whatever that might be. We'll speak about that in a second. Um, but do the TGL whatever it might be, construct in a golf, have two years without having to get involved in the politics or anything, raise your daughter, maybe have another child, whatever else it might be, and concentrate on your golf and enjoy it. Go and win two majors. Go on, there's eight, there's eight, there's eight, 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 go at, eight goes at majors for the next two years. Go, go and win two of them. Go on, go and do it. I, I'd love to see that. <laughs> I think that it's possible. I do think that there are things that he needs to do to unburden himself. I... Uh, uh, tweeted about about this a couple of days ago. I really do think that there there's some something to this. There is a, a mental block that he has in majors, and I think a lot of it, like every golfer knows, uh, how tied in the mental game is to your performance. I think that there, I think that there have been things on his back. He's had the the weight of the world on his shoulders now, and it's been accumulating for many many years. I have specifically said exactly what he needed to do. He needs to apologize to certain people, apologize to the fans. He needs to be honest and transparent moving forward. And I'm telling you, this is going to change his whole, his whole vibe is going to change. And I pretty much guarantee he will win a major within the next three years. No question, question about it. I don't, I don't think he's going to do it. Do you, do you know what makes me laugh? Right. No. Name me a player in world golf better suited to be in live, to be the captain of a four-man team, to be rah, 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 to travel around the world playing golf than Rory McIlroy. I know I, I, what annoys me in some ways is he is the perfect person to do that. There's like four, there's like four, there's like four people. Let's take Tiger out of it because he's not going to travel. Yeah. The four yeah. people that I think are perfectly placed to do that and have the right personality is Bryson. We know yeah. that. Phil loves it. The fans worship him. Rory absolutely could couldn't couldn't be a couldn't be a better person than John Rahm. Like for me, the four players that are the best to go out and be those personalities and and put a tour on their back and carry it. Look, like, that's no disrespect to, to to some of the people that do it. Like Sergio, Sergio's done a great job. Like P. Reed has actually done a lot of the personality stuff rather than DJ. That's been great. The cliques have kind of lacked in some ways. I'm not going to go through all the teams, but you think of the people that got that personality to go out there and do that. Rory would have been perfect, and that that for me is a sad thing. So I'd love to have seen Rory do it. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, if you go 
go back in the years, like no one was a, a bigger proponent to the PGL idea than, than Rory McIlroy. And I do think that a he lot of his, L- he went on NLU, didn't he? And basically sold the idea to the no, la- no laying up guys. Oh, hundred percent. He was, um, he was caught on a few different interviews talking about it and saying that that was kind of a path forward. And I think this has gone totally unreported in the media. Like this has been something, I think part of the reason why he's been so anti-live is because there is a lot of jealousy and envy that like, man, if we had just gotten PGL off of the ground, that could have been me running this entire thing. I could have been playing the Phil Mickelson role uh, for PGL rather than Phil playing it for for Liv. Because like it all feeds into Rory's personality very, very well, which is part of the reason why, you know, I would love to see him he doesn't even have to uh to necessarily play in like every live event, but I do think that there's like uh there would be it would be so powerful if he played in just a handful of live uh live events in the uh the next couple of years. And it's some something that I've proposed and i think that it's it's just an, another way of sort of mending fences at this point and another way of just unburdening himself and you know uh there would be a lot of dominoes that need to fall in order for that to happen at some point but you know i definitely think we're on the way and i, and I think the the first thing that he needed to do was sort of leave the pga tour policy board so that he he was not uh sort of restricted to be the primary defender of the PJ tour. And I think that he's leaving that in the past. And I think that we're, we're going to see it. Hopefully I've been wrong about this before. Hopefully we will see a brand new Rory McIlroy moving forward. Yeah. Look, I, I want to hold my breath because as much as I love him, he does have foot and mouth disease and hopefully he can get over that. Now I have, well, we all seen about the, the tent that blew down or the big marquee that blew down for the TGL. Now, I've got a friend on the ground. I believe it's the same friend as yours by also, that told us about it. But I've also got another friend that's in engineering and lives in Florida. I was speaking to him and he said he would be amazed, absolutely amazed, if that venue was ready in under 10 weeks. He would put it at probably 12. Really? Wow. Interesting. Yeah. He said, he said look, he said the money they've got to throw at that, he said – the damage done internally will be horrific. He said, but yep. what the problem they've got, and this is what no one's talking about, and I've not seen anyone talk about it. So I listened to the show that I don't know. The TGL was going to be held in a big inflatable dome in Florida. Um, he had all this rigging on it to make it secure for this, that, and the other. It blew down. Um, I feel very sad. I, I never want to see anyone fail. And you and I both said we want to watch TGL. There's some, there's some yeah. people, and I don't like it, online crowing about it. And I don't oh, like that. Yeah. People, are, people yeah. are losing money, people are losing jobs. People could have been hurt. Grow up, mate. Just grow up. So, But what, I, what I've been told from my friend who's in engineering, um, in structural engineering in Florida, is if that happens, which it's done, they can't rebuild it. Mm. Because... It didn't stand up to those winds, so therefore isn't hurricane seat hurricane proof. So they're going to have to come up with something new. So they can't use the old structure because it's deemed compromised. So they have to take it down and start again. And even if they were just going to replace like for like, he said it's highly unlikely they'd be allowed to because it's already been proven to not be structurally sound for heavy winds, let alone hurricane season. So he said they could be looking at ten to twelve weeks 
I don't expect you to talk about engineering, but I'll, <laughs> I I'll can. We, we could definitely go down that route yeah. if you want to. But what what do you think that means for TGL? Yeah. So because of where it goes to the calendar, the reason I ask that is because of what happens to the calendar is TGL scrapped this year? That's that's my question. Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to say it's still – I think that there's way too many people that have a best vested interest, and there's way too many people involved with this that have very, very, very deep pockets that are going to be able to pull this off and maybe get this thing back on track. Maybe they, they have to do some sort of uh, – uh, maybe there isn't a crowd. Maybe they have to do it on a closed set. Like I don't know exactly what they have to do. I don't think that they can necessarily just – Scrap the sea. I, I think there's been way too much that that's happened for them to just scrap it. Maybe it gets postponed. Maybe it gets pushed back. I think that when you have these contracts in, in place with TV and such, where they've already paid you like licensing fee, like I, I think that they have to basically uh, sort of leave no stone unturned to, to be able to do this. Maybe they have to go to, you know, China where, where they can build a skyscraper in 19 days. Maybe they need need to do it someplace outside the United States. So what I, what I was told, what I was told from, from my friend is the conversation that was had yesterday that he's been enlightened to is that if they want, because they can't hold it, I've just looked. I've just looked at. I just looked at the schedule. They can't physically hold it in twenty twenty four, in in when it's going to be ready. So it, it's going to be ready between the Farmers Open and the Phoenix Open. So you, so you cannot li- listen to this calendar, right? You've got so you talk about deep pockets. It is not going to happen in that venue, and I'll prove to you why. How are you going to get twenty four PGA Tour golfers? to carve out two days between the Farmers and the Pebble Beach, between Pebble Beach and Phoenix, between Phoenix and the Genesis. You're not, it's just not happen. So what they're going to do, they're going to go to a dome. They're going to go to a dome and they're going to try and, and they're going to try and do it. I've been told in a domed NFL stadium and they're looking at what their options are. No, that makes a lot of sense. And look, if they have to push it back, like it always made more sense uh, to me to, to sort of start this a little bit later in the calendar year when the Florida Florida swing starts. Because look, they have a, a lot of events in the southeast. Well, that's uh, the option. Um, push it a long way back. Yeah. Well, just like a, a month, like going to Feb, the end of February, I think get get you to. Uh, I, I keep calling it. Uh-huh. Honda Classic. It's not. The but that's Honda that's actually anymore. that's actually two and a half months, Jay, from when they were going to start because they were going to film in December, weren't they? So the end of Feb is all of January. No, they're, they're going to start the beginning of January. The beginning yeah. of January. They, they were going to start. They were going to do like a pre like a preseason special talking about it, uh, where they were going to hype, hype it up like a week or two prior. Uh, maybe they're they're still going to do that. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'll be interested to sort of see. Look, a lot of this is speculation, obviously, but. You know, I thought that it always made sense to, to sort of start it around the Florida swing and and sort of go from from there. Maybe they have to shorten the season. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see. Those aren't well, those aren't watching have just missed me before. Jay, oh, try this on for size. In the cruelest twist of fate, John Rahm said he's not going to go. They'll end up moving it to the Phoenix Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> move it to the Cardinals Dome and they'll play they'll end up playing out of Arizona with John not in a team 
<laughs> and then what's going to be John's ex- excuse at that that point? That's going to be the in- interesting part. But that would be very very interesting. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, again, we'll, we'll have to see. I I always thought maybe having it at, at like a. I think it is too large to have it at a basketball arena. Probably does need need to be a football stadium, but you know that's a lot of space too. Like I don't know how how you're gonna. Like how many fans are they are are they still going to target around that like sixteen hundred to twenty four hundred amount of fans? Were they going to have more? Like I don't know. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, how that plays plays out. It's going to be fun though. Well, look, everyone who's watching the show will realise if you're watching it, and those that are listening to it, let you into a bit of production. Someone's got no childcare this afternoon. So I've got to go and get my daughter, and then Jay and I are going to recall the last bit of this. And instead of being in my office, I'll be in my house. So by the by, the magic of editing that Mark will do, you won't know. But I've just let you in for a little secret because the sound might be slightly different. I'll take the good mic home. Um, Jay, we did talk the other day about good-looking golfers on Live. Now, <laughs> you and I have both asked. We've asked uh, Mrs. Uh, PGC and Mrs. Uh, Golf Lover UK. Now, yeah. shall, we, shall we tell the audience some of the suspect choices I've made? <laughs> so, for everyone that doesn't so, know, it came yeah. about by Tony Fino being described as eye candy. We all agree Big Tone's an attractive bloke. Um, golf Dad, he said his wife actually really likes Tony Fino, finds him very attractive. We comment on there maybe not being the eye candy on Liv we'd like there to be. Some good-looking blokes, some take different people like different people. Now, my wife... And Jay's wife were both given access to the live, the live roster and said, pick your three best looking blokes. Um, Jay, who did Mrs. <laughs> Pro Golf Critic choose? This is, this is the height of journalism, isn't it? It really is. And it makes me very uncomfortable talking talk about this. But uh, no, I promised her that I would uh, share her uh, thoughts, thoughts with everyone. I will say this just as a precursor. Um, she has agreed she's also going to join Twitter. She is going to share some of her very spicy golf takes with the world. Uh, her ad is going to be Mrs. Golf Critic. Um, it's already created, but she's not on there yet. Um, so, But if you, you want to follow her, go ahead. Um, so, Because trust me, some of her, her takes will like blow your mind. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so for her top three... Uh, she was like, first of all, she was like, look, the, the pictures on the live website are not exactly great. So she, so I, I had to sort of consult with her a little, a little bit, but, uh, no, her, her top three in no particular order. Um, she really likes Abraham answer of, uh, fireballs GC. Uh, she likes Cameron Tringale from high flyers. Uh, she really likes his style. Um, and she she's really really big on, on style. That that's hang like, on, she, hang on. She, when you when you text me saying it was Cam, I thought you meant Smith, not Tringali. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cam Smith is her favorite golfer on Live. Like she loves Cam Cam Smith, but she's like, look, you asked me strictly looks, so strictly looks and style, and this is what she's she's only going by the criteria that that I gave her because her three uh, top favorite golfers at live would be totally, totally different. So, um, and then the third, who was the third? Um, it was, Oh yeah. Uh, Brooks Kepka. So, which really pained her be- because she's not, 
not exactly a Brooks. Uh, her and I are completely different when it comes to this. Uh, she is not a Brooks Kepka fan for a lot of reasons. Um, but, <laughs> but I, uh, I make up for it in our household because I'm a huge Brooks fan, as everybody knows. Um, so, yeah, th- those are her uh, top three. Well, <clears throat> Mrs. GLU, she, th- this is the one that got me most of all. Brandon Steele. That was a shocker. That yeah. was a shocker. I told Mrs. Pro Golf Critic that, and she was like, "What?" <laughs> she was like, "Well, she like she said he, he, he's a handsome man." She said, and like he's slightly older, and like he'd, he'd scrub up nice, and like you can see that. That is fair. That is fair. Look, every this is all the great thing about this is that there are no wrong answers. It's there's, totally there's a couple of wrong answers. <laughs> yeah, fair. But fair she, the other one was Matthew Wolf. Good looking bloke, and she said, "How anyone's top answer isn't Bryson." She she met Bryson when when she came she came for one of the days with me, got inside the ropes to me, and, and I was chatting to him for a minute, and he was there, and she said, "He's a very good looking man, and he is. He's 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 six he's six two. He's built like a built like a behemoth. Blue eyes, charming. Yeah, I I can completely see that." I did tell Mrs. Pro Golf Critic that she uh, and she's agreed to do this. We are likely going to be attending the Live Las Vegas event that um, I don't think I've mentioned on a podcast previously. It's likely going to be at Las Vegas Country Club, which is um, ironically enough, she used to live on Las Vegas Country Club when she was younger. Um, so I told her that we were going to. Um, this is all based off of pictures and videos that she's seen. She needs to see everybody in person to like really size everybody up. So uh, she will re-rank her top three after that event next year. <laughs> uh, and then we'll have to see what happens. But uh, yeah, there, there are cer- certain people like, you know, I mentioned on Twitter a while ago, like there was a certain uh, female golf influencer who was at uh, the Live Miami event that I have seen in, in like posts and videos and, and think, things like that. But, but when I saw her in person, it was like, it was like the emoji with the hearts with, with eyes. I, I was very, very impressed. So uh, just there are differences when you see people in person. That's the whole point of this is there are differences to seeing people in person. Than- Do you know who the wife's second, his fourth choice was? Oh. P. Reed. Real Interesting. He's a good looking bloke and he's built like you. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a smart answer. That's a really that that's a, a woman that that uh, knows her husband. So that's let's go on to the Netflix, um, the Netflix golf. Before you say anything, I'm just going to say I actually quite enjoyed it. Look, they tried to ram Marshall and Lynch down my throat as if he was Chuck, and he ain't. Um, he served a purpose, and he was good. And the one thing that really gassed me, and I saw it gassed you, and for me, the biggest failure of it was having everyone off the same tee. Oh yeah. Like as a, there are other things we can complain about that could be better and could be worse. But I actually thought the product was quite good. I enjoy it. I love golf. Golf is golf. You know how I feel. I enjoyed it. I was glad it was on. I enjoyed watching it. I'll watch it again if they do it. But my two big takeaways are: I love Marshawn Lynch, but but let's have half the amount of Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> and the the amateurs have to go off different tees to the pros. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, as a, a pro am aficionado, um. You know, I know that every pro-am, you know, you're supposed to have the pros and ams tee up from different, different tees. Like that's, 
the only way to make it actually fair uh, to the uh, to the AMs because otherwise it's basically just the pros fa- facing off against each, each other, which is basically what happened with the Netflix Cup. So, no, there there were definitely a, a fair amount of things that I, I would change. Uh, the couple things that I do want to just sort of again lay the uh, groundwork for people. This would was, you be, would you agree though? First stab, it was quite good. Yeah, you know, I for, I gave for the whole effort and live. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I gave it a five point five out, out of ten. Uh, you know, which, which is pretty good. Like a lot of people were thinking it was going to be a one or a two. Uh, I think that we do have to rate the, these things fairly, though. It's not just, uh, you know, it was very entertaining to me. There was a lot of new things that that they they were trying, which is always great. Um, I always love to see new ideas come to fruition. The really important thing that I think was really really great was, uh, look, I understand everybody knows that that like I um, I hate commercials. It's like one of my it's one of my pet peeves. It's one thing that I hate about professional golf, the way it is now outside of live. Netflix managed to get so much branding and corporate sponsorship into that broadcast without any commercials. So, um, and it's something where they're sort of tapping into this F1 model where, look, I'm not an F1 um, aficionado. I'm not an expert. Except it's been made clear to me how little commercial um, interruptions they actually have broadcasting F1. That's exactly what golf needs. They could have had, look, if that Netflix, I've always said I don't mind a couple of commercials. Like if, if Netflix had had, what was it, two and a half hours, if they'd had a commercial every 15 minutes, one commercial for 30 seconds, that doesn't bother me because I understand the commerciality of it. I understand you've got to have bad adverts. What, what I don't like, and I think you and I have spoken about this before, the PGA Tour is not bashing the PGA Tour. I know they've got to earn money. I know they've got TV deals. But when you get to the last hour or last two hours of play and you're missing shots that matter and you have to watch them on rerun, but you know the result of what's happened because you've got technology and Twitter and phones, I just think that, yeah. But I, thought, yeah, I, think, I think also a star of the show, and I, for those that don't watch the NFL and – either not in the States or not, not a, uh, an NFL fan over here like I am. Kay Adams is, is brilliant. I mm. thought she was superb. I she was really good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's especially really because I, I love, I love yeah. Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer is always a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Burt Kreischer, you know, I, he was obviously uh, very heavily featured at that sort of live Adelaide last year. Uh, but yeah, Kay Adams, you know, uh, one of the things being a former NFL fan, I've kind of everybody knows that I've kind of uh, kind of gone away from the NFL the last few years just for various reasons that I won't, won't get into now. Like I wasn't familiar with Kay Adams at all. Um, I, I think that she provided a really interesting and cool dynamic that, uh, you know, just this like we need more people that are appealing to sort of a, a wider dem- demographic. And like, I don't know like anybody that, that would be turned off by Kay Adams. I thought that she was very affable. She's very easy to look at. She's very easy to listen to, um, you know, and uh, Mrs. Pro Golf Critic uh, agreed with, with me, which is pretty rare. Um, so I think, I think one of the things about Kay Adams is that I've said it before, is that um, I think sometimes we can segue men into women's sports, women into men's sports. And 
segue people that have a certain opinion to, into unisex sports. And golf is very much a man's sport and a woman's sport. It's, 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 it's there for everyone. But what Kay Adams brings is she brings like, she's actually got quite a, um, a strong energy, but she does it in quite a, a delicate way. So when she speaks, you listen and, and you watch her on, on, on the NFL morning show and she's actually, fan, she's fantastic. And so I'm a big fan, glad she did it. Um, Marshall Lynch, I, I love Beast Mode. He makes me laugh. And look, that Marshawn Lynch was 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 at Seattle when I came back to NFL, having had a few years away from it because as a Dallas fan, I just stopped watching for a little while and there wasn't much to watch. But um, Beast Mode, it, he he was great, but a bit too much of him. But what else, what else would you change, Jay? Yeah. We, we've only got a few minutes left. What else would you change? Yeah, we, no, we no, both agree. It's five and a half, six, maybe. No, I think that uh, look, I, th- I think that it was a good broadcast. I did want to talk a little bit more about the the importance of it, though. The importance of Netflix getting into live sports, though, because I think this is where there's yeah, something and, and the live connection. Because there. there was yes. a lot, there was a lot. Although no live players were in there, Torquay were in there with hats. We know that Neiman's got strong relationships. We know about Bert Kreischer having a relationship with Liv. While Liv were not in the show, they certainly weren't deliberately omitted. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I mean, it would have been very easy cross branding to just have Joaquin Neiman uh, come in there and, and sort of team up with Lando Norris, who I would know who Lando Norris is if it wasn't for Joaquin Neiman and Torque. Like they're the ones that introduced me to, to Lando Norris, and uh, I understand he's like one of the more popular F one drivers. But for golf fans, like we have no idea who he is, so. Um, I, I do think that there are some really cool cross-branding op- opportunities. And again, these doors are still very much closed. And I do think in the next few months, especially by the, by the time there is potentially another Net- Netflix Cup next year, I do think that those doors to live are going to be a little bit more open so that they uh, can, can potentially have a lo- little bit more sort of creative cross-branding. That being said, people need to pay attention to one really important thing is that the new uh, COO of Liv um, has some connections to this sort of streaming world that, that we're sort of going in, into. And I do think that there's some well, really he, important- he built a whole streaming income, didn't he? Yeah. He built he built the streaming income for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Look, Netflix is 100% trying to get into live sports. I think they want to see how this- first foray goes, even though it, it, it sort of had a, its issues with, with sort of various audio problems. But it's like all those things can be fixed. Now, if you were to combine that broadcast with what Liv brings, I think you might be looking at something really, really magical that could potentially come together later on down the line. And, and look, we all know about Liv's deal with, with the CW, and it is what it is for now. There are some other things that are going to transpire, though, in the next year or two that we just ha- have to be on the lookout for. And that's one thing I want people to really take a look at and sort of follow along, because I definitely think that there's more to that than what just happened with, with the Netflix Cup. This is something that is a lot bigger than this one event. And look, I, again, people are always going to hate on anything new in golf. It's just part of the culture. Jay, can I can I just pull you up? Can I just pull you up on something in support of what you're saying? That CW deal is for the USA and I believe Canada. 
Yeah, it's true. That doesn't stop them. Do, that doesn't stop them doing a Netflix deal with all of the rest of the world. Yeah, no, it's true. That's true. And honestly, the CW deal, I don't think that it uh, necessarily prevents them from potentially getting out of that in a fairly short amount amount of time. Although, look, it's pretty clear C- CW is 100% trying to get more involved in live sports, too. So there could be some sort of combination to it, because uh, obviously we already know PJ Tour is involved with every single channel, basically, on uh, U.S. Net- <laughs> network, so I think it's going to be really interesting seeing how uh, how things uh, play out soon. So, yeah, just keep that in, that in mind as we uh, go along. Yeah. Well, let's move on to yeah. um, live live team stuff, live team signings, live rumors. We've got yeah. another six names to put in the pot to re- to rate and scale. We've done the good looking <laughs> golfers. We've done that rating. So Before- <laughs> we're going to talk about chances of coming over. Before we kind of go into that. Um, I think it's going to be helpful for you to give everybody a little bit more insight because I've just, in my interactions on Twitter, it's like people aren't really un- fully understanding the sort of phases that Liv has to the okay, transfer yeah. windows, the free agents, the, the uh, trades and stuff, stuff like that. You want to maybe give everybody a quick breakdown? Yeah, I think that people, a lot of people got confused with phase one. And when Liv came out and said, these are, the, these are the teams after phase one, that people kind of thought, well, those are now the fixed teams and only the spaces could be filled. Well, that, that wasn't the case. Now, look, I think Liv made it very clear, but I don't think they gave enough time for it to sink in. So a lot of people say, oh, I praise Liv all the time. Well, no, look, I, I think Liv made it very clear, but... Liv's video about how the phasings are going to work came out early hours of this morning, UK, late America yesterday. And then the phase one stuff was completed around about 10, 12 hours later. So I would say that probably 5% of the 10% of the Twitter golf public had a chance to actually watch that video and understand it. Essentially, phase one applied to those people in the top 24 that had got expiring contracts had the chance to be re-signed by their team or or signed to a new team. So it was only, I think it was only seven people. Jay, it doesn't really matter yeah. who it was, but the point is there's only right. seven or eight people that applied to. What people were expecting was a trade. Like a lot of people, oh, I can't believe Matt Wolf's still on Smash. Calm down. He isn't going to be. All right. <laughs> Matt Wolf is leaving Smash. If you, if you want us to tell you, if you want us to tell you the Smash team, we'll do that in a moment. And it's going to involve one Mr. Gary Woodland. But what, we know he's going. Let's not let's not <laughs> pretend otherwise. Um, so, what's happening is phase two. I think is actually what people thought phase one was going to be. So, phase two is going to be the moves and swapler. Again, let's cats out the bag. Pew, um, D- David Pooj and Carlos Ortiz are going to swap. One, <laughs> we're going to have a um, Pooj is going to come across to the fireballs, and Ortiz is going to go across to Torquay. Well, let's just be. We, we know, but this is phase two. This is what's going to happen. Phase two is going to be the trades. And you use the phrase again. I think sometimes people aren't familiar with the American phraseology of sign and trade deal. It's yeah. a very, very, very NBA, NFL term. We don't have that in the UK. We don't have that in, in, in soccer, as you would call it. Mm-hmm. We don't have a sign and trade deal over here. You right. just... You just trade sure. someone. They're either on a contract or not. They're going to, they go on a, on a freebie. So... That's kind of where we are. That this stage of the game, some people might have been signed and traded. Like I, I fully expect Matthew Wolf to leave the team. I fully expect, I fully expect Smash to be um, Kokrak, Woodland, um, 
Brooks Kepka and Andy Ogletree. I've, I've gone out and said that. I think that'll be the team. I think that, I think Brooks has been very clear about what Andy Ogletree has been very positive and very praising of him. Ogletree is a great player. And I think that, that that's a fantastic team. I think Ogletree's an upgrade on Chase Kepka. And I think Woodland currently is an upgrade on Matt Wolf on the form that he was in. So I think that might be the team we end up seeing. But that's my yeah. point. The trading is happening in phase two. And then phase three is very simple. Phase three will be the three will be Ogletree coming over, which we know he's already doing, and he'll be assigned to a team. So when we get when we enter phase three, there will be four teams with one player short, and they will be taking the players, the Andy Ogletree and the top three from the qualifying event. Now, that qualifying event is highly likely to have, I'm not going to say definitely these players, but if you take the names of Pat Perez, he might, if he's not picked up in phase two, he and wants to know if he's got to go qualify. Um, Laurie Cantor's got to go qualify. Oh, look, I think Laurie Cantor's going to go to the cliques. Again, said it, being open about it, I think Laurie will go over to the cliques. Um, Graham McDowell might have to go and qualify if no one's going to pick him up. And these, are the, these are the things. So we'll, we'll see who comes out of that qualifying. But when we enter phase three, that'll be it. Now, the interesting thing in phase two that no one's talking about, and there are people saying they've got their stories, they're talking nonsense. Um, I've got my inside sources. Well, they're not inside sources. They're telling you lies. They're, they're always going to be a new team. I'm somewhere between possibly and probably two um, new teams. We know there's a couple of big names coming across. We, we've We've got the, the enough irons in the fire to understand what that's going to look like. So in phase two will be the creation of these new teams, unless Liv want to keep it up their sleeve and finish phase three and then say, oh, by the way, here are your two new teams. Yep. Does that help explain it to everyone, do you think, Jay? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there was one other thing I kind of want to tap into a, a little bit on um, about Team Smash. I'm just not entirely sure and look i could be wrong here um i haven't really uh really dug into this too too much yet i'm not sure if gary woodland's gonna be ready to go come day one next next year and i've heard about another rumor deal that that would actually uh, be more of a, a trade for matt wolf which i think we're, we're gonna see that sort of bear itself out in phase two. Um, are we talking and, about a possible range goat? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So, uh, we'll do you, have to- do you, do you look, do you want to say that name? Do you want to say <laughs> the name you think is going to leave the range goats and go to team smash? Yeah, let's go ahead and put it out there. I don't think any, anybody's put this out, uh, out there, uh, there just yet. Um, I, uh, it seems like this, this deal is pretty close to be, being done. I've heard Taylor Gooch, to smash which would be massive which would be massive but you'd think taylor would take his own team so if he goes across is he going to share ownership of smash with with brooks well that's where i think there's a little bit more flexibility with these teams than the equity and it's like Mm -hmm. look uh brooks kepa had to uh, sort of live with matt wolf for the remainder of the year it was pretty clear back in may that it wasn't going to work work out. They were trying to sort of trade him at that that point, but it wasn't hap- happening. I'm not having a word said against Matt Wolf. You know that. I, no, I love I Matt Wolf. Matt, I yeah. love Matt Matt Wolf, but look, people need need to not like, everyone understand. Gets on, like teams, not everyone can get on. Not every team is going to have good chemistry. Like that's one of the appeals of this format. Is that yes, I would love it if every team was you know uh was kumbaya and all, all that stuff that's just not the reality of what, what we're dealing with every 
single team, even the most successful teams of all time. Like look at the Chicago Bulls. Anybody could go on Netflix and watch the last dance. You will see all of the conflicts that sort of happen on that team. It's like, look, this is just reality. It hasn't been in golf. A lot of golf fans are going to have to get used to this. It's just part of the deal. That being said, I do think that uh, there have been these things in the works for quite some time. And I think that there's a lot of flexibility in terms of making Smash appealing to someone like Taylor Gooch, where you could potentially have this Smash team that could be, uh, if they have Brooks Kepka and Taylor Gooch, like two of the top five players on live this this past year, like you could put like almost anybody else on this this team and they're they're gonna be one of the favorites. So So where so where does that where does that leave Gary Woodland and Co. Crack? Because if he is is it gonna be Woodland, Co. Crack, Go, Gooch and Co. Crack is just, definitely gonna be there. Co. Crack is def, definitely gonna be there there as well. Uh, that's where I don't know, uh, the uh, fourth team member is still a little, little carry, bit. Yeah. Yeah. We know Liv will still carry their three backup players of which right. Wade Ormsby was one this year. Yeah. Talk about Cushy number. And I met Wade, lovely bloke, but like oh, yeah. Wade Ormsby, what a Cushy bloke, 50, 15 grand an event plus expenses. Just yeah, to be I, play with him, I play with him on the pro am in, uh, Tucson. So yeah, yeah. I know, know yeah. him well, know him well. So yeah, so they got those three players. So it could be that it could be that Smash just play for the first two, three events, mind you. But Gary's making a great recovery. It sounds like he's in a really good place. And yeah, that's it, where it, I just don't know. It's, it's the fifteenth of November now. The first event isn't till the, the back end of January. So February first week, well, week of February. You know, well, you you wouldn't, I mean you wouldn't have to travel because it's the first week in Feb, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be uh, travel Mayakoba last couple of days. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can travel last couple of days of January. So that gives you what all of December, all of January, two more weeks. Two. He's he's back. He's back swinging a club, looking great after eight weeks. That's another nine, ten, eleven, eleven and a half weeks. Yeah. And he might he might be ready. It might be he only needs one or two weeks. And Wade Ormsby or whoever else is 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 is, is the backup players do that. Look, yeah, let's not spend hours talking about Smash. <laughs> you want to talk? Let's let's get through because we could talk. Because I want to just big shout out first of all to my boy Bryson. Straight on, straight onto the gram. I love him. I love him. Do you know what? You know, I said I said earlier about like it's a shame Rory isn't involved because he's like so perfect for 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 this because the way he behaves and the way he like get a team going all this. I love Bryson straight on there. Bryson, big post there. Look running it back for those people who aren't on there. I just, yeah, I love it. Like just running it back, picture the four guys. That like, team has great chemistry. Yeah. Crushers has, has great chemistry. I think they've, they've got the right combination of folks. And it's like, like, look, when you win a championship, you don't mess with it. Like, just like, you know, you know, the four aces, unfortunately found, found out like they had a great team in 2022. They won a championship. Taylor Gooch goes to another team, and granted, they replace them with a good, good player. But it, it's like they uh, wound up fini- finishing fourth. Like that's Crushers. You got to run it back. You you got to stick with the team that you you have. I think Bryson is ascending. I think Bryson, to me, may be the top player on Live next year. Just the way think things are trending. Uh, just uh, how he played in the back half of twenty twenty three. I've already said. Going on the record, he's going to win a ma- major next year. Like I feel very, very confident about about that. And you never know how it's going to play out, but I did also got, predict the same feel, time of year. He's going to get, he's going to get at least one or two top fives, isn't he? 
He's like I said, I'm I'm willing to say he's going to win. I said Brooks Kepka was going to win all the way way back in October of last year. Was going to win a major this year, and he he finished first and second. So I could easily well, see I, see Bryson going. Uh, I made near enough two thousand. I made near enough two thousand pounds about. Two thousand four hundred dollars bet on the Masters. I had I had Brooks I had Brooks to win, Phil to win, and Patrick Reed to win. And we have something called the Betfair Exchange here, where you can trade in and out of odds in live betting. So I I, I got Phil at four hundred to one. Pretty so good. I managed to trade out a load of profit on that. Trade out a load of profit on P. Reed. Trade out a load of profit on on Brooks. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, I think we've been quite hot on that. But yeah, let's talk about then. The, the six names. So last week we did um, Siwoo King, Sun Jm, Big Tony, um, Brian Harmon, Moronk, Rambo, Hideki, and Victor, and rated that at 10 their chances to go. I've already got Mark's answers. He texted me earlier. I texted him the six names. I've got my numbers. So I just need your numbers off you, Jay, for these six players to see do, do they come to live? Now, a good few of these definitely I don't think are. So I think our scores be quite low on them, but, but be interesting just to see and put their names out there anyway. So Sam Burns, what are your thoughts out of 10? Uh, I think Sam Burns is pretty low. I'd probably put him at probably about a three. I just, I haven't really heard anything specifically about him. So um, I just, yeah. Is it not weird? We've not heard much about him at all in any way, shape or form in any form of golf. No, because honestly, like he's just not to me at least. He's not really a needle mover. Like, granted, he has obviously he was a Ryder Cup member and all that stuff, but he had a pretty quiet Ryder Cup. Like, he didn't really do all that much. So, I again, you you could convince me one one way or the other, but I have not really heard anything about Sam Sam Burns. Okay. Say so Mark gave Burns a six. I give him Burns a five, and you've given him a three. Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, I'm going to have to put it like a one. Yeah. And the, the only reason why I'm saying that is because, like, look, I don't think any – there's almost no golfer that is, like, more tied to the golf establishment than Jordan Spieth is. Um, and I just don't think with his ties to Randall Stevenson, who uh, was a former mem- member of the PGA Tour board, who's now coming in as one of the potential private equity companies to invest in the uh, Umbrella Corporation slash Nuco. Um, I just don't see it see it ha- uh, happening at this point. Um, it is interesting that he's not involved in TGL. He seems like a perfect fit for it. But, you know, so I'm still going to put him at a one, though, just because just I think I think there's little or no chance. Did did you give your rating for uh, Spieth? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, we, we I had a mark at a two, me at a two. Yeah, we, okay. we 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 think it's highly unlikely. Yep. Cam Young. Now, I just want to say something about the um, TGL before we go any further. Now, yesterday, obviously, we know about the 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 the, the venue being blown to pieces, but I think it was very odd that before yesterday. They still hadn't got their 24th player after Rahman pulled out. I think that was very odd with the speed at which they're moving and things they were doing. They had got a 24th player. Now, here's something else I think that's not being paid attention to. Team Jupiter, Atlanta and Boston have both got their teams. Jupiter have got one member of their team, which is Tiger. No other, no other members. Los Angeles Golf Club, two members, no other members. San Francisco Golf Club and New York Golf Club, no members at all. So they've 
they, they moved the needle pretty quick with Boston Atlanta, got those two teams set up. Tiger got his Jupiter, but he's got no one with him. And I just think it's so odd that that with an event that was meant to have its soft launch in a month, that we got those players out, out pretty quick, but then Clark, Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, Fowler, Homer, uh, Tom Kim, Kisner, um, Lowry, Rose, Xander, Cam Young, and blank player, because um, I don't know who it's going to be, didn't have their... Um, haven't been given a team. There's not not mentioned a team for San Francisco members or team for New York, a captain or anything. I, I think that's really quite odd. Yeah, I think Rom. I think Rom leaving when he did definitely threw a wrench into their uh, plans. That much is pretty clear. Uh, I was cert- certainly expecting them to sort of have another person in tow in case any anybody backed out. Uh, it's two weeks ago now. Yeah. No, it definitely seems like things are sort of lining up where this TGM may wind up getting moved back a little bit. Like, I just, I, I hope, I hope not. Like, I want them to, um, I want this to do well. I've already gone on the record. I, I think this is, um, I think it's a great idea. I, th- I think that it's uh, very additive to the golf landscape, um, and I think it's something that could be really, really great moving forward. But. No, there, there's a lot of roadblocks right now, but between the construction stuff and not having a full roster, and I think there's just a, a lot of moving parts still. So um, at this point, I probably put it fifty-fifty at starting when they actually said they would. Yeah, and that, that's not where I thought we, we we jumped off our team, off our off our names. But it was more to say the reason I've put some of these names in there is just these are players who are in the list, but we've not seen seen them allocate. So Cam Young. We know he was very strongly rumored to go to live. We know that oh, yes, we're led to believe that, that his mother or father stepped in at the very, very last moment because he was about to go to high flyers. We, we've had that. A few people have said that. A few very connected people have said that, and that his mum came in the last minute. And I think even those people that hate live uh, acknowledge that a family member came in last minute to to make that happen. So, what with Cam Young having flirted with live quite aggressively and nearly come over? and him still not in a TGL team. What do you think his chances are coming to live? Bearing in mind, we are hearing there are two big names that are possibly coming across, two big, two, two possible teams. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, Cam Young, I, you know, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with Cam, Cam Young. Like, I think that he is very, very talented. Uh, do I consider him necessarily like a needle mover? Not, not really. I think that he... I think he's a very good uh, PJ Tour player. I think that he's very good for that tour. I don't know if his branding really fits in with Liv, though, to be honest with you. Like, I think he's more of a complimentary guy. I don't think he's like a headlining guy. Um, and I can definitely see... Is, like, that though, yeah. is that, though, not the fault of the PJ Tour? And I'm not bashing the PJ Tour. It sounds awful. It sounds like is that not... No, not bash him. Go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I'm not bashing them. I'll rephrase it. Is that not a result of the PGA Tour having six, seven, eight established stars? And while Cam was very good, he was good for one year and wasn't quite ready to overtake the other established stars. If he came on to live, he's got more room to breathe, more room to show who he is, more room for his personality. I just don't feel a chance to get to know Cam Young. We only had 14 months of him, really. Yeah, but I've gotten to know him fairly well and I just don't think there's that much personality there to be honest with you and look as a New Yorker as a native New York and fellow New Yorker like I want to like Cam Young but it's like 
look, he hasn't even won on the PJ Tour yet. Like, people are, like, making him out to be the superstar player when it's like, I mean, he hasn't even won yet. So it's like, I don't know if Cam Young is is really – look, he's – a like I said, he's very, very talented. I I know he hits it a long way. He's got, got great ball speed with his driver. He hits it a mile. I get it. I think that he's great for potentially being on uh, TGL because I love, love to see those numbers. But, you know, I just don't know. I don't fully know if he's the right fit for Liv, especially at some of those price points that I've seen. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'd pay that that much for him. Well, so so what you're, you're, you're putting is a low chance, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to say I'll, I'll give him a four only because, uh, look, his interest is, is obviously there. There's no question about it. Um, and I think have those roadblocks been removed to sort of get him to live? I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's still going to get, get the same offer that he had before. A lot of things are kind of, I'm not sure, sure about some, I'll give him a four. Okay. Now this is the one I think that I've changed on and I keep umming and ahhing on because Ricky Fowler, part of me goes, there's no chance at all. Part of me goes, like Rory, he is the perfect person to come to live. Just personality and brand and approachability and accessibility and everything about him. Not just not really talking per se about his game because he, he, he might finish in the top 24. He might not, but just as a person, the ability to shoot like a seven under one day, which contributes to the team score and then shoots three over the next day. So he's not in contention. But I think as a human being and what he brings to golf, he's like that Rory Bryson. He's a perfect fit for it. There's no better fit than Rick, Ricky Fowler. I've been saying that from the beginning. I thought that he was the, uh, he was really what uh, Liv sort of needed uh, sort of early on and sort of tying in into the conversation that we had earlier Mrs. Pro Golf Critic, huge Ricky Fowler fan. Loves his look, loves his style, loves everything about him. He would be perfect on live. That being said, he had his chance. I'm not sure if he's going to take it again. He's very tied into the golf establishment at this point. He's very tied into Jimmy Dunn, who I've heard kind of talked him out of it last year. So, um, and I did see a preview of Full Swing uh, season two, where he's talking about about Liv, and they'd seem to be building this narrative that uh, he um, he made his decision to stay on the PJ Tour, and that's not going to change. So, and and look, things change. Um, I've posted in the past what people have said about Liv, and then they've gone later. So, um, things could could change, but I would probably put Ricky at like a five. Burns is a 14, Spieth is a 5, Young's is a 16, Fowler's is a 16. I think we've uh, we've got some low scores. Max Homer, thoughts on Max Homer? Best friend, Taylor Gooch. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Max, uh, you know, I've come around on Max Homer a little bit. Uh, look, I still think that he has a little ways to go. I, I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, the way that the PGA Tour medium machine sort of took him and tried to make him out to be the next superstar on the PGA Tour because he won a couple couple times. And, and look, I think Max Homa is a talented player. Don't get me wrong. I, th- I think that he's got the potential to do really, uh, really well in 2024. I just – I can't see him going uh, just, just based off of all the information that I've seen, that I've heard. 
Um, I just don't see it at this this point. I think he's gonna gonna stay. So um, I'd probably give him. I'd probably give him a two. Okay, so he he's a he's a low one now. Gary Woodland, go on then. What's your score? Oh, uh, I was a three, and Mark was a three for Homer. So that, so yeah, he he's fairly low. Give us your score for 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 Mister Woodland. For Woodland, we, we've, uh, talk, we've talked a fair bit about him. So just go fire away with your score. What do you reckon? Yeah, so I'll say for twenty twenty four, I'll say a six. For uh, 2025, I'll, I'll give him a nine. We're not doing 2025. Give me a score. Six? Yeah, we'll have okay. to stick, stick with six. I just think the uh, health stuff, I just don't think we have an, enough information yet to really make a decision one, one way or the other. Uh, would he be a needle mover? I mean, I, I think he definitely increases the depth. But um, again, I think it's one of those things where we have to kind of wait and see. Well, I, I gave him a nine and Mark gave him a seven, which puts him on a 22. So that sandwiches him right between Adrian Moronk and Brian the Waggle Harmon, which I think is a lovely place to be in life. Look, we've taken up a lot of people's time today. We've got a load of live um, stories, a lot of TGL stuff to discuss. And plenty of Rory stuff. Look, thank you everybody for, for listening. Uh, Mark's going to do a much better outro than me. He's absolutely right. Let me get my radio voice on. Huge thank you there to Ben and Jay for flying the flag while I, well, have a little bit of time off, get a bit bogged down with work. It's been a tumultuous couple of weeks, so thank you for your patience, the ever-present, ever-wonderful golf lover yourself. As I mentioned at the beginning, you can check out glugc.com slash support if you want to get involved as a fan of the show and look out over the next few weeks for amazing interviews with Luke Kwan, with Bob Ball and with Stuart Drummond, plus our regular mix of news, views and opinions. This has been Golf Lovers United, where we discuss golf the fair way. Until next time, enjoy your golf. It's always fun, isn't it? See you soon. Bye-bye.